0: Hey, my name is Jason Byler. I'm the pastor of Life Change Church. Thank you so much for checking out our podcasts. I believe that if you'll listen to them, uh, that you will be blessed. Mark 4 tells us that the Word of God uh, planted down inside of our hearts uh, can bring forth a rich, beautiful, abundant harvest in our lives. This is my desire uh, for you, uh, so as you listen to the Word, just receive it, let it get down in your heart and bring forth a harvest. Thank you so much again for listening. God bless you. Amen, amen. I receive the blessing i want the I want the need, the blessing of the Lord, the presence of the Lord, the protection of the lord i don't want i don't want to go uh, without any of those i don't want to go without his uh, his guidance or his word uh, i don't i don't want to uh, be without him in any way amen amen uh, that's uh, one of the reasons why i'm so thankful uh, for everything that jesus has done aren't you that because of the blood of christ because of the cross and the empty tomb that that god now says to all who will come draw near to me come Enter into relationship with me. Come and, and be my children. Come and be uh, my people. And, and to this we are grateful and we say yes and, and amen. We um, uh, last, last Sunday uh, looked into the Holy Scriptures. Um, isn't that a good thing to do? Yeah. Funny to do that at church. Let's do it again today. Let's look into the Holy Scriptures. And uh, we, we, we went into Judges uh, chapter 6 where uh, we find Israel, the people of God, in some very difficult and trying times. Uh, and, and in those difficult and trying times, uh, they, uh, they eventually uh, cry out to the Lord and, uh, in, their, in their time of need, in their distress, uh, which is you know if you're in difficult times cry out to the lord that's like the great first place to start and and god hears as he always does and and he comes and he he comes and he brings to them what they need and what they need probably isn't exactly what they thought they needed but it is exactly what they needed he comes and he and he brings his word he comes and he and he speaks, and and he and first, uh, he, and he speaks to uh, Gideon. You know, we probably all are, are aware of the story uh, of Gideon, but it is such a wonderful and and powerful story. And and what he does for Gideon is he is he shows up uh, to Gideon, who is who is an Israelite, and, and and is going through all of this with them, and is is in a time of great uh, need. And he speaks to Gideon just seven. Powerful words, uh, he says to Gideon, "The Lord is with you, mighty warrior." And I know I, I, where where this story uh, really connects with ours is. I know that we've been in difficult times. I know that I know that it's been trying and challenging. And I, I don't know, you know, how much better it gets. I know that Second Timothy three says that in the last days. There's going to be terrible times. There's going to be difficult uh, times. Um, You know, so who knows what lies ahead. But what I truly believe the Lord wants to say to us is what he spoke to Gideon that he is with you, mighty warrior, that he is with us, and that we are mighty warriors. And, and, and if that be true, and it is, if that be true, and it is, then, then really we can go through any valley, we can face any giant, we have to fear uh, no army, we can make it through any storm or difficulty that comes our way that arises against us if God is with us and we are mighty warriors. I'm telling you, you know, you can take it or, or leave it or, or whatever. But, but leading up to this, I really felt stirred of the Lord to preach this and to just say this, the Lord is with us and we are mighty warriors. And to just speak to whomever will listen and say the Lord is with us and we are mighty warriors. Now, I know we preached this last Sunday uh, but we but we stopped short, um, so we need to get back in uh, to the story and and pick up where uh, we left off and And as we pick up uh, where we left off, I, I think we'll get a really good picture of of what God's mighty warriors look like, of of who He says we are, and who He has called us to be. Now, if you remember, uh, judges chapter six, uh, starts out like this it says that again the Israelites did evil uh, in the eyes of the Lord. It, it says again because this had become a pattern uh, for them uh, which which happens in many people 's lives as well there 's this pattern. Of turning away from the Lord, and then when things get bad, turning back to the Lord, and then when things get good, turning away from the Lord, and then when things get bad, turning back to the Lord, and and this had been their pattern. If you read, you know, from from Judges one to Judges six, you see it saying it saying it several times. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and and because of that, you know, nations came against them, and they and they fell into trouble, and enemies arise that they weren't able uh, to uh, stand against, that they weren't able To defend, and so we find that happening again in Judges chapter six. They again do evil in the eyes of the Lord, and so the so so the uh, the Midianites rise up against them, and uh, and and so trouble Israel that Israel is in such difficulty that they cry out to the Lord in their distress. And I wanted to read for you again uh, the Lord's response to this in Judges chapter six. Uh, starting at verse at verse 7 because uh, what the lord does is he is he raises up a prophet to speak and brings the word of the lord and it's interesting uh, what god says because he reminds them of what he has said and that they haven't listened to it this is what he says verse 7 when the israelites cried out to the lord uh, because of midian uh, he sent them a prophet who said this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. It's such a powerful statement, right there. That this is this is what the Lord says to you in your difficulty, uh, in 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 these trying times that that you are in. He says, I, "I brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians, and I delivered you from the hand of all your oppressors. I drove them out before you." and gave you their land i said to you i am the lord your god it's such an important phrase uh, right here it's just i know you know but just let me point out uh, this this is so powerful is he says i am the lord and he is he is the Lord, uh, God Almighty. Joy, Joy read it to us this morning in Revelation where he, where, where he arises and says, I am, the, I am the one who is and who was and who is to come. And then he ends that phrase by saying, I am the Almighty. He says, I am the Lord. And then he says, you're God. I love that. He, he's, not, he's not the God of someone else although he certainly can be if they'll come to him, but he is the Lord your God. He says, you you are my chosen special people. I am the Lord your God. Does that settle in on you? That, that, That you are God's chosen and he is the Lord your God. He says, do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live but you have not listened to me. God says, God says I rescued you. I I delivered you. I'm the Lord your God. I'm your God. You are my people. I spoke to you and said, don't worship the gods of the of the peoples in whose land you're going to go live all these nations around you have all these little g gods don't worship them don't worship them or serve them or offer sacrifices to them or build graven images to them or or pray to them don't don't do that he says but you have not listened to me and and it, and it's because of this that Israel is in difficulty it's because of this that they can't stand against their enemies because the, the reason that, that Israel is victorious when they are victorious is because of the Lord their God. The reason that they are not victorious when they're not victorious is because they start to worship the little g-gods of the people that are around them. And so God says, this is, this is, this is the trouble that you're in. Here's why you're in this trouble. You have not listened to me. Which, uh, which, by the way, highlights for us why we get in most of the trouble that we find ourselves in. And not 100%, right? I mean, there's, there's trouble that just comes, there's storms that arise. The enemy attacks, but so much of the trouble that many people find themselves in is caused by this right here. God has spoken, and they have not listened. They've decided, decided, we really don't care what God says. You know, maybe we should just speak that out loud when we're just not listening to what He has told us to do. Maybe we should just say, you know what, I really don't care what the Lord says. They have not listened to me, That is one of our major problems right there is God has spoken and we have not listened. To try not to get ahead of myself. Just let me highlight for you that this is not what mighty warriors of God do. Mighty warriors of God, when He speaks, listen. And you are a mighty warrior and the Lord is with you. Now, Next thing that takes place in the, in the story is, is Gideon is, uh, is threshing wheat in a wine press uh, to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord shows up and speaks to Gideon and says to Gideon, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And so this conversation begins between Gideon and, and the Lord. And Gideon uh, doesn't agree with what the Lord is saying. He challenges both of those things, that the Lord is with him and that he is a mighty warrior. He, said, he says to God, he says, if you're, if you're with us, then where are you? Because we don't see you anywhere. You ever felt that way? Not the promises of God. God, if you're with me, can you be with me a little more? Because I've been looking around and I can't find you. Where are you, right? Guess what Gideon says. He says, he says look, man, I'm, I'm in a wine press threshing wheat. You say you're with me where? I don't see it. Where are your miracles? Where are your wonders? Where is your victory? Where, where are you helping us and moving and working on our behalf? And, and, then, and then God speaks to him. He says, hey, hey go and, and bring victory to your people. He says, am I not sending you? Again, he says, you're a mighty warrior. Here's what you're to do, you're to go to war, and I am with you. I'm the one calling you, I've chosen you, I've anointed you. You are a mighty warrior, and I am with you. And then Gideon says, hey, hey I think you've got the wrong guy, because I am nothing, man. I am, I am of the weak family, and I'm the weakest in my family. Gideon, again, disagreeing with the Lord. And then, and then Gideon uh, tests the Lord... He, he wants a sign from the Lord. And so he so he goes and cooks a meal and brings it back and the angel of the Lord and it touches the meal and it's consumed with fire. And Gideon recognizes, realizes that he, that he is talking with the angel of the Lord. It like dawns on him that this is really God speaking. And in, in that moment when he really starts to see what's happening for what is really happening and see God for what is really taking place Gideon has this finally has this moment of fear and he has this moment of recognizing himself in in the eyes of God and in the sight of God and in the glory of God and and he fears for his life as many people do when they have that kind of an encounter with God and and the Lord and Gideon speaks and the Lord speaks and I wanted to remind you, of this as well. It's uh, starting out here in, in verse 23. I know we covered this last Sunday, but we'll just hit this and then we'll push on. But the Lord said to him, peace, do not be afraid, you are not going to die. So, so Gideon uh, recognizes as he sees the Lord, his unworthiness, his uh, sinfulness, his uh, humanness. You know, you know, it's like Romans 3 becomes a reality to him that I have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and I do not deserve to be standing here in His presence having this encounter and I believe that I'm going to die and be destroyed but God says to him, peace. Peace. Don't be afraid. Be at uh, Peace. And so, and so, uh, so verse twenty four. Gideon builds an altar to the Lord and called it, "The Lord is peace." And To this day, it stands in Ophar of the Abiezrites. So, Gideon recognizes the word of the Lord here and that God has said between him and Gideon that there is peace and that we are at peace. And, and here I think this is so important because it really brings us in and connects us to this story and shows us that what is being done for Gideon and said to Gideon has been done for us and is said to us. Let me remind you of uh, of Ephesians chapter two. Um, man, I had such a hard time doing this. But uh, instead of starting at verse one, I want to drop into verse thirteen. I wanted to read the whole thing to you, but go read it uh, on on your own time. Uh, it'd be a great thing for you to do. But let's drop in here uh, right to Ephesians two, and verse thirteen, as Paul speaks to us of of our. Uh, of of us being Gentiles and separated from God and and sinful and what Jesus has done. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ, that there's not any distance anymore, that we've now uh, been brought near to God through the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for He Himself, Jesus, is our peace who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the, the, the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. By setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. Peace to the Gentiles, peace to the Israelites, declaring that because of the blood of Christ, because of the cross, Even though we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, even though we are not worthy of this because of all that Jesus has done, because of the love of God, there is now peace between us and God. And as Hebrews says, we can now draw near to God. And as Ephesians says, for through him, Jesus, we both, Gentiles, Gentiles, Israelites, have access to the Father by one Spirit. There is peace between us and God. Do not, don't be afraid. Peace. God says peace. Consequently, verse 19, I love this. You are no longer. Don't you love the no longers in Scripture? We should do like a series on that. You once were. You are no longer foreigners and strangers. But fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. We are now citizens in God's kingdom, children in his household. You say, we know, Pastor, you tell us all the time. Yes, yes, I do, and I shall continue. We've got to know that we are not of this world that we have been called and chosen by God and because of the blood of Christ we are no longer foreigners and strangers but fellow citizens with God's people and children in his household we are mighty warriors of God we are citizens in his kingdom members of his household this makes us this makes us warriors in his army. We are warriors of God. We stand in the army of Christ. And, and if we had time, we could finish reading out Ephesians 2 and break into Ephesians 3, which tells us that not only are we, are we citizens and members, warriors of God, but that every promise spoken by God is not only for Israel, but also for us. That we are now heirs of of, of, of the promises that are spoken to Abraham because of the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Peace. There is peace. We can come to God. We are His people. We are His warriors. And He is with us. This is why we get excited. Around Easter time and, and really all the time when we talk about the cross and the empty tomb because it means that all of this is true And now if we go back uh, to judges chapter 6 hopefully we we see in judges 6 that that what is spoken to gideon is spoken to us that we are mighty warriors and that the lord is with us so Gideon has this incredible encounter and and he builds this altar and calls it the uh, the Lord is peace and he certainly is and then verse 25 this is where we left off last Sunday verse 25 uh, God brings out his first instructions to Gideon as to as to what Gideon is to do. Because because remember, he's already uh, told Gideon, you're a mighty warrior, and that you're going to go and, and deliver your people from the hands of the Midianites. So how is God uh, going to work this out? Well, this is, this is what the Lord does first. And it doesn't seem like it should be uh, first. It, but, but but when you really look at it, it's got to be first. This is what he says. That same night, uh, the Lord uh, said to him, I love that too, that, that same night right the lord's not wasting any time he's he's being earnest he's on the move let's not let's not wait let's not uh let's not uh let's not uh, be in in bondage and, and slavery and oppression to to the enemy any longer let 's start dealing with things and let 's do it uh, right now. It reminds me of revelation three you know, when Jesus speaks to the lukewarm church and he says to them, Be earnest and repent he says don't don 't wait don 't put this off don 't say i 'll do this tomorrow he says, Come on Right now, let's take care of some things. let's be earnest, let's do this tonight. let's not wait till the morning. You remember that uh, the encounter with uh, Moses and Pharaoh uh, when when the f- the plague of the frogs was coming on Egypt and Moses I mean Pharaoh calls for Moses and he says, "Man, I have had it with these frogs. Pray to the Lord, please if you will to get rid of them." And Moses like, he's just a mess, I think, you know. He's like, he's like, I'm just gonna mess with Pharaoh and see what he says. He says, he says, okay, I'll do that. When would you like me to? And and Pharaoh says, in the morning. Do it in the morning. Isn't that funny? He's like, I just, you know, I just would like one more night in my bed with the frogs crawling all over me. Pray for it in the morning. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be like, do it now? What do you mean, when? Can you hear? Can you do it right here? Can you, are you allowed to do that? Can you drop down right here and pray? I'll watch you. I'll pray with you. Whatever we got to do to get rid of the frogs. like Not one more night. Let's be earnest. Let's do it now. See, this is another problem that so many people have, right? One of them we pointed out is, is they don't listen to the word of the Lord. Major problem. The other problem is this right here. They want to wait till morning. want to put it off. There's, there's no intensity. They're, they're not earnest. It's like, I'll do it tomorrow or next week. You know, it's just, why, why do today what you can put off till tomorrow, right? Isn't that it? That's not in the Bible anyway. That same night, the Lord said to him, take the second bull from your father's herd, the one seven years old, Tear down your father's altar to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Isn't that interesting? You, you remember what God said? He, said? he said, I brought you up out of Egypt. I delivered you. I saved you. I brought you to the land that I promised. All I said was don't worship the gods. Don't, don't build images. Don't take them as your gods. And, and here we find... In Gideon's father's household, an an altar to Baal and an asher pole beside it. And God says, God says, before we can do anything else, we got to deal with this right here. We got to take care of these false gods. We got to take care of this. Idol worship we've we 've got to take care of the unfaithfulness of the prostitution is what God calls that prostitution he says we've got to we 've got to take care of this this problem of idol worship before we can move any 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 further in this story he says we 've got to deal with the breaking of the covenant the the unfaithfulness to covenant because God is not a God who's gonna be second God. He's not God who's gonna be third God. He's not God who's gonna who's gonna have next to his altar the altar of Baal. He's not a God who shares his fame. He's not a God who shares his glory. He is a he is a jealous God. And he's God who's gotta be first and if he's not first then then the covenant is is affected and what happens is there comes this there comes this this uh when when the covenant is affected then the promises are affected we see this in Israel's story and they find that even though the Lord is still their God and and they are his people, that he distances himself, that he separates himself, and, and there's not him being with him, with them, like they need him to be with them. And when God is not with them, then they are not the mighty warriors that they are when God is with them. You see, what God spoke to Gideon. Is, is that I am with you, mighty warrior. <coughs> Excuse me. And the second part of that mighty warrior is completely dependent on the first part of that, that the Lord is with you. If, if the Lord is not with Gideon, then Gideon is not a mighty warrior. Gideon recognizes That to a point, he says. He says, "You know what? I I think you got the wrong guy. You know, I've been with myself for a while and I've recognized that I'm not a mighty warrior. By himself, he's right. Alone, he's right. If God is not with him, he is not a mighty warrior. But the minute that God declares him a mighty warrior and God promises to be with him, then he becomes a mighty warrior. You see. You see." there are so many that are struggling and wondering and wondering why they can't find victory why the enemy continues to 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 hold them down and and to uh, defeat them they 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 wonder why they are are not strong in the lord and 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 why they f- they feel distance to, from god and they and they and they wonder why they can't you know find victory in so many areas of their life. And the reason is, is because alone we will never be victorious. It's like this, it's like they want the victory that is found with God, but they don't want to tear down the altars and cut down the Asher pole. They want to, they want to continue to have the gods all around them and, and yeah, bring God in the mix. But God doesn't come in the mix. He doesn't need Baal and and the Asher Poles. He doesn't need any of that. He is the Lord God Almighty all by Himself. He doesn't need any help. We need His help. Key to victory is that the Lord is with us. And if the Lord is with us, then we are mighty warriors. Alone I am not with Him I am alone. I will not be victorious with God, I cannot be defeated. What does Ephesians four say? It says that I can do all things if 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 I have science and willpower and technology and some money. man, I just listed out some little g-gods that we might need to throw down. I, I like the King James version of this because it says, it says throw it down. I, I mean, I like tear down, that's good, but throw it down like it puts some passion and intensity into it. It's not like I just tore it down. Like I just threw it down and kicked it out the window and really destroyed it. need to tear down some things. I can do, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What, is, what does Matthew 19 say? That, that with man, what is it? With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. By myself alone there is not victory. By myself alone I cannot. By myself alone I'm limited to only what is possible. But with God God there's victory with God I can do all things with God the impossible becomes possible with God I can do what he's called me to do become who he's called me to become accomplish what he's called me to accomplish be, victor- be, be victorious what I was what I was normally defeated by with God. And God is saying, if, if we're going to move forward here, Gideon, and beat the Midianites, there's no way Baal's going to do it and get credit for it. There's no way you're going to do it by yourself. You're a mighty warrior. I'm with you, but we're taking care of this first. You got to tear down your father's altar to Baal and cut down the Asher pole beside it. Now, notice I did want to point this out through all of this story. Notice, notice the gentleness and compassion and the love of God. He's just, he's just showed up to Gideon whose dad has got an altar to Baal and an Asherah pole beside it. And he's called Gideon, a mighty warrior, and said, "The Lord is with you." He he says, "You know what, man? You guys are in a in a bad place. You're in a, you haven't listened to me. You haven't done what I said. But but let's just come back. Let's just take care of some things. Let's just come on. Look, let's just tear it down. Let's throw it down. Let's cut it down. Let's renew covenant with me, and and." And come back together with me, and we'll go together, and we'll defeat the Midianites. Now, right here, I want to, I want to remind you of, uh, of Exodus, uh, chapter thirty-four, because this, because it says it's it's where it gives that command, like specifically. Not to build altars to Baal or or Asherah poles. If if you remember, this is where uh, Moses has gone up into the mountain. You remember he he received the tablets, the Ten Commandment tablets, and and he comes down out of the mountain and he hears he hears the sound of worship basically uh, in Israel. Uh, Joshua's like, it sounds like the sound of war, and Moses says, I think it's more like singing. And they go and they find Israel worshiping a golden calf. I don't know. It's crazy. Moses you know, gets upset and he throws the tablets and, they, and, they, and they're smashed. And then there's that whole story and how that unfolds, which would also be good for you to, to go and read and, and remind yourself of. And, and, then, and then God kind of begins to speak with Moses about sending them to the promised land. But not going with them. Sending them, and you and, and, and even have my angel and, and protection and blessing. And Moses says, Moses says, no, 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 wait, no, uh uh-uh. uh. He says, Lord, don't do that. If you don't go, we, we don't go. If you're not with us, this is what he, Moses basically says, is he says, if you're not with us, then who are we? We're, we are not if you're not here. You've got to go with us, God. Please don't send us without you going. And, and, and so that whole conversation goes on. And then, and then you remember Moses wanted to see God. And so God allowed him to, to see, hit him in the rock, put his hand over him, covered him. And, and after he had passed by, he allowed Moses to turn and see. I don't know what that was like. God says, all, He said, I'm going to bring all my goodness by. And Moses couldn't handle all God's goodness. So he had to be hidden in there. And then Moses got to turn and look and see the, the backside of God because he, he couldn't yet see the face of the Lord. And, uh, and so, so then we get in here into, into uh, Exodus chapter 34 and this kind of this question about is God still with us? Is God going with us? Or, or are we going to have to be alone without God? God has still not been totally answered. And, uh, and this, is how, this is how it goes. I'm going to try to read this fast. I'm going to try to. <laughs> the Lord said to Moses, chisel out two stone tablets like the first ones, and I will write on them the words that were on the fir- first tablets which you broke. Be ready in the morning, and then come up on Mount Sinai. Present yourself to me there on top of the mountain. He's going to go back. No one is to come with you or be seen anywhere on the mountain not even the flocks and herds may graze in front of the mountain so moses chiseled out the two stone tablets like the first ones and went up went up mount sinai early in the morning as the lord had commanded him and he carried the two stone tablets in his hands then the lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name the lord And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming the Lord, the Lord. And and this is, I wanted you to see how that sets up to this. Listen to him. He's he's proclaiming his name, and then he's gonna he's gonna tell us about himself. And he says, he says, This the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in love. And faithfulness. God is God is slow to anger. He's gracious and He's compassionate. He is abounding in love and faithfulness. It's important to remember this, like, especially when when we've maybe been going through that cycle of of turn turn to the Lord, turn away from the Lord, turn to the Lord, turn away from the Lord, turn to the Lord, turn away from the Lord. again Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, again they returned to the Lord, again they did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And we're going through that, and we can, the enemy can come in those times and begin to accuse us that, why, God don't have anything to do with you. Don't you think that he said that to Gideon? God doesn't want to have anything to do with you, you unfaithful little coward. You're hiding out threshing wheat. Your dad's got a, got a Alter a bale and an Asherah pole in, in, in your own house and you haven't done anything about it. You don't even have the courage to say anything to him. God is finished. It's over. It's through. And, and then, just when Gideon's believing that, God shows up and says no. He didn't even mention anything about the, the, about the bale and, and the yet. pole yet. He just, he just shows up and he says, hey, hey, forget all that. Hear the word of the Lord I am with you, mighty warrior. I, I know that there's. I know that there's been many. Maybe you're watching or or listening, and and you have known the Lord and the word of the Lord, and you've rebelled, and you've not listened, and you've and you've turned away. I'm just telling you, God is compassionate and gracious, and he's and he's calling you back. And it's time to stop listening to the lies of the enemy and start listening to the word of the Lord. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. He is abounding in love and faithfulness. God is loving. God is faithful. And He's not done with you yet. Maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. It's one of the things that the legalistically righteous have so so much trouble with, that God forgives wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sins of the parents to the third and fourth generation. Moses bowed down to the ground at once and worshiped. Lord, he said, if I have found favor in your eyes, then let the Lord go with us. Although this is a stiff-necked people, forgive our wickedness and our sin and take us as your inheritance. We've got to be your people, God. We've got to be your people. We've got to be your inheritance and you've got to be with us. If if we're not your people and you're not with us, then we're not. But God, he, see Moses is still struggling with this. He says, Lord, Lord, please, please, please go with us. We are your people. It, rem- it reminds me of the psalm, you know, if it were not for the Lord who were on our side, if it, if it were not for the Lord who is with us, if it were not for God going with us, we we are able to do nothing, we have nothing. Moses says, God, if, if you don't go, we can't go. Be be with us and take us as your people. And then and then the Lord speaks. In verse eleven. Verse 11, let's go on to You got that, Scott? Obey what I command you today. I will drive out before you the Amorites, Canaanites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Be careful not to make a treaty with those who live in the land where you are going, or they will be a snare among you. It's not just... You know, it's not just don't, don't make a treaty with them, but he points out there'll be a snare to you. Break down their altars, smash their sacred stones, cut down their Asherah poles. Do not worship any other God for the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous God. The Lord is a jealous God and his name is jealous. God says, long ago, don't, don't make a treaty with them. They'll lead you astray. He says, don't, don't worship any of their gods. Break down their altars. Destroy their sacred stones. Tear down their ashrapoles. Don't worship any other god for the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous God one of god's names is that he is a he is a jealous god that he is a a god who uh, who wants his people uh, to enter in to a faithful covenant with him and remain faithful and true to that covenant he is a jealous god his name is jealous now if you if you start you know, searching out uh, the meaning of the word jealous. In, in in our culture, it can mean you know a whole lot of uh, different things. But but one of them, when it comes to God, is that is that He is demanding uh, faithfulness and singular worship to Him. Uh, that uh, that uh, that He is jealous in that way and rightly uh, so. And and if you if you look uh, that that this word jealous uh, comes from uh, from the word uh, zealous you know which means zeal and passion uh, that god is is jealous for his name or zealous for his name that he is passionate uh, for his glory or or zealous for uh, his glory and he enters into covenant with the people which if we were to go on and read he he talks about Making covenant. If we were he entered into covenant with his people and he calls them to faithfulness. And 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 to, if you will, be jealous for him and zealous for him, passionate for his name, and passionate for his glory, which many people have trouble with this, but but when you think about it in in, in the light of covenant, we shouldn't have trouble with it. Right because when we enter into covenant zeal and jealousy are a part of that. Right? I'm I'm I am zealous for my wife and jealous of my wife. She because I'm in covenant with her and she is of me as well. Like I'm not okay with her being unfaithful. she'd she never do that, but I wouldn't be okay with it if she did and she would not that would cause problems in our marriage. You know, if you don't know that, that causes problems in marriage. When we enter into covenant with God, it's the same thing. He, he is zealous for the, for the covenant and for His name and for His glory. And, and He's zealous for us and, and just simply wants us to be zealous of Him as well. Right? I'm, I'm passionate about, about my wife. I think it's right for her to be passionate about me. It's a sharing of zeal, for one another, and a desiring of faithfulness for one another, and a calling one another to faithfulness, that's why we, that's why we entered into covenant with one another. That's why we came down the aisle, and, and in front of the preacher, said our vows, and exchanged rings, and entered into covenant so that it would be me and her alone faithful to one another. This is what God is saying. He's saying this is my name. This is my call. This is who I am. This is the covenant that I want. A people that are zealous for me, that I'm zealous for them. A people who have a who have a passion for my name and my glory and my fame, and I will have a passion for their name and their glory and their fame as well. We are in we are in covenant with one another and and I am first. And they're my people, and I am their God. And, and that had gotten out of whack. And because of it, because covenant was broken, God said, before we, before we go any further, we've, we've got to fix this. It's got to be me first. It's got to be God first. It's, it's seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness And all these other things will be taken care of. Right? It just doesn't even seem right to say, yeah, God's second. Woo! Hallelujah! He's third in my life. Praise the name of Jesus. Oh, no, no, no. He's first. He's first. It's what David said in Psalm 27, he said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? He said, The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? He said, he said Though an army besiege me, I will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. Why? Why? He says, Because, because this one thing I ask of the Lord first that I might see His face. That I might live in His presence. David, David's saying, God's number one. God's first. There's no, there's no Baal. There's no Asher Paul. There's nothing else. It's God and God alone. You see, mighty warriors of God who are called by Him who He speaks to and says, I am with you, mighty warrior. Mighty warriors of God, put God first. He's number one. They seek Him first. They live for Him first. He is their all, their everything. They have a zeal and a passion for God and God alone. He is number one. He's king. He is God almighty. God speaks to Gideon and says, before we go any further, we've got to take care of this. We've got to call Israel back to me as their God. And and they are my people. Got to call them to zeal and passion for God and His glory and His honor. And and when it's God first, then everything else in our lives seems to line up. If if everything seems out of whack and out of order and and, and treading water and losing, maybe you need to to look and and say, "Is, is it God first? Or are there some altars and poles and other gods that need to be dealt with and torn down and destroyed, thrown down, throw them, throw them down out of there, and then throw them down some more? And however often you have to throw them down to get rid of them and make God first. And when God is first, then He comes. And, and and victory comes and he comes and blessing comes and he comes and protection comes and he comes and provision comes and he comes and answers come and he comes and restoration comes and he comes and the impossible comes And he comes. And what we couldn't do, we can do. And what we couldn't face, we can face. And what we couldn't overcome, we can overcome. God says, man, I'm going to come. We're going to fight the Midianites. There's going to be victory. But first, but first, it's not going to be Baal who gets the honor or the glory. It's got to be me. It's got to be me first. It's back again to Matthew chapter 6, 33. God first. And then everything else comes. Mighty warriors, mighty warriors have the King first in their heart. Have the King first in their lives. He is above all, before all, through all, for all. It's to Him be glory and honor forever and ever and ever. Amen. If you read about the mighty warriors of King David, something very interesting, you will find that the mighty warriors of King David had King David as first. They were willing to give it up, lay it down, let go of it, face it, fight it for David's protection for David's blessing, for David's honor, for David's glory. And I'll tell you, there is one greater even than King David. It is our King Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And he is worthy of being first and foremost in our lives. And as mighty warriors of God, let's set him as Lord in our hearts. Let's set him up as first and tear down anything that might be a God or an idol in our lives. As mighty warriors, this is who we are. This is what we do. And when we do, we know that we have God with us. And if God before us, who can be against us? Let's pray together. Every head bowed and every eye closed if you're, if you're watching online and, and you can, or if you're listening on a podcast and you can, close, close your eyes and, and, and pray with us with our eyes closed and our and our heads bowed. I just I just ask Holy Spirit if there's anything in our lives that's competing with you, that's that's becoming first. If there's any altars of Baal, if you will, or Asherah poles in our lives that that need to be destroyed, that need to be torn down, that need to be thrown down, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd bring those to our minds right now. And Lord, we just, right here, right now, as you would bring those things to our minds, we just repent of those in Jesus' name. Lord I I don't know what it may be maybe it's maybe it's an addiction uh, maybe it's maybe it's wealth uh, money maybe it's maybe it's our own selfishness I, I don't know Lord we repent of it in Jesus name we tear it down and we we receive again the the sacrifice of the Lamb who was slain, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and ask you to forgive us and wash us in your blood. And we declare, Lord Jesus, that you are, that you are not only our salvation, but you are our Lord. And we set you right now as Lord in our hearts, and we declare that you are first, that you are our light and our salvation. You are our strength and our song. You are our God and our King. You are our mighty warrior. You are our passion and our zeal. And we will live for your glory and for your honor. We say yes. We know that you are with us. We say yes. We are your mighty warriors. And we say yes. The false gods go out. And we set you as Lord in our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen.